In Acts 7, the 7th chapter, we have the incredible story of the sacrifice of Stephen. But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against Him. And then they dragged Him out of the city and began to stone Him. And the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning Stephen he prayed, Lord Jesus receive my spirit. And then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he died. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. When was the last time that you heard or saw or on TV or read in a newspaper or online a news report that did not contain some kind of act of violence? Uh, my wife and I every morning get up and watch Channel 13 News. That's not an advertisement, that's just what we watch. Uh, and we just wait to see what's happened in the city or in the state or the nation, and it's always something very violent and very disturbing. Uh, we hear acts of violence with the war in Ukraine, with the civil war in the Sudan. We hear uh, acts of violence within our own city, uh, mass shootings even in our own Daveville, Alabama. And we realize that that list can go on and on and on. And the darkness of evil seems to be looming all around us. Now the text that I just read a moment ago could easily have been a news report so many centuries ago. Imagine if you heard this. Today in Jerusalem, Christian act, uh, activist Stephen, one of the newly ordained deacons in that community, once more spoke out against the Sanhedrin and the temple. The crowd in the temple proper were enraged when he quoted uh, the once crucified leader Jesus of Nazareth, stating that the temple would be destroyed. Upon being accused of this blasphemy, Stephen reached out and accused the leaders of the temple and the crowd surrounding him as the people who were really blaspheming God and the law. Angered by these accusations, the crowd dragged the young deacon outside the city and stoned him to death. Details at 11. That is a powerful, often disturbing passage of Scripture. But it's also a news report we hear on a regular basis. The story of the martyrdom of Stephen is, is, is somewhat uncomfortable for us. And, and it, it's really the first indication other than the death of Jesus that, that the fear that the disciples had after Jesus was crucified was real. Because this is the first of his followers, uh, a disciple that may have been a follower of Maybe he was a part of the 70, maybe he was a part of the 120 that seemed to be always around Jesus. But what we do know is it is a, almost a breath-smothering narrative from the first century of a leader who was sacrificed for what he believed. The leaders of the temple were, were inflamed, if you will, by his statements that he had been making around the neighborhood about the temple and about the fact that they, the keeping of the law uh, was real, but they had failed to notice that the fulfillment of the, of the law had come. And because of their proclaimed spiritual arrogance in keeping the law, they had betrayed their own traditions. 
and became a mob with stone-cold hearts over anger and pride and fear and stoned a man to death. Now, Stephen's response to that mob is what we have today. Stephen's response to what, uh, what happens because he speaks out with courage and with faith, that, that response is what we have. And I suspect that there are many of us today that it would have, have all experienced some dark challenges in our life that Stephen was about to, chat, to face. Now, we may not have faced the opposition of a stoning. We may not have faced the opposition uh, of someone dragging us out of a city, but we may have been faced by other dark challenges in our lives, lives that, that, that take us through the valley of deep darkness, as the psalmist said in Psalm 23. I love that psalm, and, and, and I love the fact that, yes, it says that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but in Hebrew it actually says the va walk through the valley of deepest darkness. We have all walked through that valley of deep darkness in one way or another. Maybe it was loneliness, uh, maybe, it was, maybe it was the death of a, uh, of a friend, maybe it was the death of a loved one, maybe it was being challenged. Uh, because we lost our jobs, because we, we lost someone close to us. Maybe it was a fear, uh, a literal fear of violence. Whatever it may have been, we have walked through some dark valleys in our life. Yet Stephen, in the darkest valley of his life, still held on to his faith. He still held on to his faith. And what he, what he experienced, what the powerful piece of his experience was that in the midst of uh, an imminent stoning, knowing that he was about to die, he once more spoke out with faith and courage. And he offered a prayer. He offered a prayer, a familiar prayer from Psalm 31, verse 5. Into thy hands, Lord, I commit my spirit. Have y'all heard that before? We've heard it because Jesus spoke that prayer on the cross, didn't he? Stephen's faith was so strong. He was willing to speak the prayer to say, Lord, I, I see what's before me. I know what I'm facing. I know the dark valley I'm going to travel. And then he says, Lord, into your hands I commit my spirit. In the translation we read today, he says, Lord, receive my spirit. Receive my spirit. In a, in a small and great way at the same time, with a small, simple phrase and a great faith, Paul, standing beside watching Stephen, heard the words, Lord, I commit my spirit to you. <laughs> and he saw an example of executed, stone-cold faith. Against stone-cold hearts that would destroy, he had a, he had a stone-cold faith that was so strong it could not be shaken. And he says, Lord, here I come. I believe so greatly I commit myself to you. Now, just moments before that, as the mob had turned against Stephen, something amazing had happened. Not only did he experience faith in this last few moments of his life, but he also experienced an amazing an amazing experience of hope. <laughs> you see, as the mob turned on Stephen, he began to close in on him. He had this vision, and he sees the heavens open up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. <laughs> now, if you look closely, that's important. 
that he was standing at the right hand of God. In almost all other accounts in the Scriptures, a vision of God, a vision of the Son of Man, the vision of the Messiah, the one that was to come, was always seated at the right hand of God. Seated at the right hand of God. Wow! So, this vision is different. Jesus is standing at the right hand of God, the Son of Man standing at that right hand. Now, as you might imagine, scholars have had a few discussions about why that was true. Uh, have you ever got in a crowd of folks that like to argue over things? It is, it's so much fun. You can, al- you can almost drop, you can get a group of preachers who consider themselves to be theologians together and, and just sort of drop a comment in the middle of that and stand back and watch them discuss it. <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, in fact, sometimes we, we don't know exactly what it means, but we have some ideas about what it means. So, for centuries, scholars have discussed, argued, uh, some kind, sometimes complained about each other over this one passage. Sitting or standing, which is it? The reality is what Peter, what, what, excuse me, what Stephen saw was Jesus standing at the right hand of God. What might that mean? It might mean that the kingdom of God had already come on this earth in the visit of the Son Jesus Christ, who the Gospel of John said, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That the kingdom of God was already active, already working. Maybe the Son of Man was seated at the right hand of God in other passages, waiting for the kingdom of God, waiting for the right time. And now, in the vision of of Stephen, he sees the right, he sees the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. It's about to happen. Peter, excuse me, (laughs) Peter's on my mind this morning. Peter probably was hiding in the crowd somewhere, but we don't know that. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Steve, I'm sorry. Stephen, Stephen was really and truly seeing the hope of the Christian faith, seeing the hope that, no, whatever happens to me at this moment, this is not the end. It is going forward. There is hope in the midst of this darkness. Stephen had a vision of the Son of Man now actively present in the moment of his sacrifice. For generations, the Hebrew people, the Hebrew people had seen God only from a great distance, living out their faith through the law. But Jesus had walked among them, and they did not even recognize Him. Now Stephen sees the Messiah, the Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the, the Son of Man, standing at the right hand of God, and the kingdom of God has come right now. And rising out of the darkness of His stoning, He sees the light of hope, hope, hope. In the darkness of our days, in the darkness of news reports, in the darkness of evil, in the darkness of loneliness, in the darkness of fear, in the darkness of racism, in the darkness of hatred, Jesus remains our hope, standing at the right hand of God, actively working in the world. When darkness comes, Jesus is still standing at the right hand of God, and the kingdom of God is present in the world. And we are that kingdom if we have followed Jesus, ready to bring light and darkness into our own lives and in the lives of all those around us. And that is stone called hope. 
that cannot be shattered. But the story of Stephen ends in a more powerful, even expression of the love of God infused into a transformed heart. Stephen proclaimed his faith in the face of those who would destroy him, the face of those who would take away his faith for what he, take away his life for what he believed. Yet he wasn't timid. He wasn't afraid to induce an indictment on the people who abused the law for their own advantage. Yet in the end, he had mercy and love for those who were taking his life. When I started looking at the uh, lectionary passage for today, the text that we're sharing today, um, which by the way, I'm one of those uh, preaching nerds that for years, even when I'm not preaching, DSs don't get to preach a whole lot. That's the reason we always go so long. Y'all are not laughing, but it's okay. I'm going to end in a minute. Um, I still do the lectionary text research every week, and it's, uh, it's kind of a, a spiritual practice for me, and I love to do that. As I was reading through this text today uh, for uh, early in this week, actually early last, uh, late last week and early this week, all of a sudden a memory popped in my mind. And the memory was one of those scholar discussions I talked about a moment ago. Um, one of my advisors when I was in seminary was Roberta Bondi. Uh, and, uh, at the end of our supervised ministry uh, first year, she was being my advisor. She invited all of her students who she was advising to her house. Uh, we had been meeting as a group together. And, and we got there, we ate dinner, and after dinner, it was about this time of year, this passage of Scripture was coming up in the lectionary. And so she said, so what are you guys are thinking about uh, preaching this weekend? And, and everybody started talking about what they were preaching, and none of us were going to touch Stephen. Because that makes folks uncomfortable. She said, well, what about Stephen? And so we started talking a little bit about it. You know, oh, she's the professor. We'll listen to her. And then she mentioned St. Augustine. St. Augustine wrote a whole lot about Stephen. But what she wrote about Stephen was an amazing, amazing thing. In the fourth century, he wrote these words. Stephen was savage against the Jews with his tongue, but gentle with them in his heart. He was scathing in his condemnation, but gentle in his heart. He was shouting at the same time loving. He was scathing and wanting them to be saved all at once. Stephen stood with great faith and saw a vision. But at the moment that he commits his life into the hands of God, he looks at the people and drops to his knees, the Scripture says, and offered this prayer. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And that was stone cold love. Saul was standing there in the crowd. He actually held the cloaks of those that were stoning so they could use the full force of their arms to stone this man. We learn later he was the persecutor of the church. We learn later how, how vicious he had been. But for St. Augustine, he saw something else. He said, I do not know this for certain, but the words that Stephen spoke created a fissure, a crack in the stone-cold heart of a man called Saul that burst into light that blinded him on a road to Damascus. 
so that he would see and know the love of our Christ. There is still darkness of hatred, fear, and evil in the world. There are still stone-cold hearts that need to be transformed into stone-cold faith, hope, and love. And here's the important part. We may have been put on this earth, you, myself, this wonderful choir, the staff, these kindergartners that just gathered here. We may have all been put on for the very purpose of living out our faith, hope, and love so that one stone-cold heart out there in this world might be cracked with a fissure of the love of Christ and light of hope so that they may know that Jesus loves them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.